it's all free form. You know, we're all uh, free flowing yeah, right I'm now. Free we're all free spirits, free individuals. Sort of, just sort of do what we can to survive. Hey, everyone. This is Geek and Spiel podcast. Uh, I am your host, one of your hosts, Jacob, and I'm here joined here today by Jeff, Emily, and Sean. And I hope you're all having a good time. This is our first podcast of 2018, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's a. Uh, it's it's been a while. Uh, I'm glad we're back. We got a lot of stuff to cover. But before we do, I wanted to talk about real quick today. One of the topics I'm going to be talking about was uh, my trip to Asheville with Anita last weekend. Was it? Was that Martin Luther King Jr. weekend? Yep. Yeah. So every every Martin Luther King Jr. weekend, we go off to to Asheville for the weekend. It's about three hours north of us in North Carolina. They got a lot of drinking there. A lot of fun things to do. And for the first time ever, we kind of ran into some really weird stuff. And I wanted to open up talking about this because this stuff was bizarre. And the first was the hotel that we tried to stay in the first night there. We thought we made reservations and we didn't. It's this place called the Haywood. It's a historic hotel and it is a reconstructed department store. So when you go in the lobby, it's this huge kind of like 1920s sort of look to it. Everything looks really old. and All the reviews are like, this is really cool. We like being here. It's really neat. And everyone's like super nice. And we come in at like 11, 12 o'clock at night. And the guy behind the counter is like super weird. Everything's kind of like feeling odd. One of the elevators keeps like opening and closing, kind of like shining-ish sort of thing and there's nobody in it and it's like at different levels and the guy's like yeah that one's broken you shouldn't use that one we're like um okay no no thank you yeah yeah it was like from the very from the very first moment we stepped into this place we were like creeped out and so we we had an issue we only had a reservation for one night so we'd have to go to another hotel after that we're like fine we'll stay here for the evening and we go up to the level, and every single level has this gigantic center lobby in it. And it's filled with all this, like, old furniture. And I kid you not, displays of mannequins showing clothing from the time period. <laughs> you know, and they're not, like, faceless mannequins. They have, like, eyes and features and stuff like that. And they're behind glass cases, and you can't miss them when you go up from the elevator. Which, by the way, the elevators had, ref- like mirrors on both ends so you'd think you'd kind of see yourself like in an infinity mm-hmm. effect but it's so dark it like stops after the third one it looks like you're looking into some black abyss good <laughs> you go into this hotel room and it's it's huge the, the, the hotel rooms are huge and they're all like really really like old stuff in there and there's this creepy teddy bear and the lights are all weird and i'm like oh man we're gonna get visited by ghosts tonight i know this, this <laughs> oh is- man I don't know what was I don't I don't I don't know. <laughs> you know, I'm glad that you said it was an old department store though, because from your Snapchats alone, I was like, this is the weirdest looking hotel. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, I sent a whole Snapchat story. I sent a whole Snapchat story about keep about how the fact the elevator kept bringing me to the third floor, even though I was trying to get to the fourth floor, because that's where the children's mannequins were. And uh, it, I thought it turned out well, but the truth is, I did that all because I was terrified, because uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to die. Um, it was it was so weird and it wasn't like comfortable and it was like so we got out of there and went to like a fancy new kind of hotel that was very modern and and definitely not haunted I hope so that was good my my second thing about Asheville real quick and this is this blew my mind it was the last day we're there and we're looking around these shops in this area called Wall Street which has all these cute little boutique shops you know it's got to be high end stuff like it's it's well trafficked it's well known part of downtown. Uh, they're, they're all independent shops. So you know like the rent there has got to be crazy, mm-hmm. right? And we passed this place called Celtic Way. And Celtic Way is – they sell Scottish stuff I found out. Not Irish stuff. Scottish wear, tartans, clothing, books, God knows what else. So we walk inside. Uh, they're, they're, they're supposedly open. You walk inside. The door is open. And – you're only in the very front area. There's this whole back area filled with stuff, and it's barricaded by you. You cannot get through to the rest of the store. And I'm like, okay, maybe they're doing something. So we decided to just look around the the very front area where there's all these like stacks of books mm-hmm. and 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 tchotchkes and other things like that. And there's like an old woman behind the counter, and she's talking with some guy, this young guy. And she looks at us and she's she's like, uh, can can I help you? And I'm like, oh no, we're just browsing. And she goes, 
you know it's a holiday, right? What? And we're like, yeah. And she's like, we're closed. <gasps> what? <laughs> so, so we're like, um, okay. So we just like leave. The door was unlocked. She's in there. So I'm so floored by this. I'm so like thrown off. We go into another shop. Uh, this Anita's shopping for something there for, for clothing. And I start pulling my phone out and I start looking this place up. This place is a treasure. It has a 1.5 star review on Google and all their Yelp oh. and advisor stuff is very similar. This lady is like a fixture of downtown Augusta. She is a mean, crotchety, sometimes racist individual who will not let people into her store. And all I can think <laughs> about is how do you make money? She said things to people about like uh this is a specialty shop, so you don't just browse, oh. or I'm going to charge you for browsing, or you don't buy, I sell. What? Like like this whole thing. And I'm just like, and it's just review after review. So I highly recommend, if you have a moment, going to Google or Yelp and typing up Celtic Way uh, oh. in Asheville, oh, North Carolina, and just reading those the, reviews. I, I found find one. one. Uh, so terrible experience. I walked in on MLK Junior Day, and the woman behind the counter was talking to a gentleman. I noted that there was a. I know. <laughs> I am very aware. <laughs> I, I, I was you? like, "Wow, this sounds so similar to your story." <laughs> oh my God! Someone had the exact same experience as you. With the exact same name, <laughs> I was so I was so horrified by it that I had to leave a review, and that's when I saw that everyone else had too, and I'm like, I'm gonna make this happen. Mm-hmm. So mine's not like overly humorous. I've made it very factual and very like, this is what happened. But there's some people who just go on about the horrible <laughs> stuff that happened, and I'm like, how did you spend more than thirty seconds yeah. in there? So uh, that left a really bad yeah. taste in my mouth, but uh, it, I thought that was really interesting. So, um, so, so that happened. So, well, real quick, I want to go back to your hotel story. You know, yeah, <laughs> hotel story. Okay, real quick. I don't think that you should be so hard on these ghosts that were obviously haunting you, because <laughs> it could have been the ghost's fault that your reservation wasn't there and that you could only stay there one night instead of the full trip. Exactly. I think blaming the ghost is a much better uh, thing to do than what actually happened. Which right, was, yeah. Anita said, let's try this place. And I said, yes. And we both thought the other one made the reservation. <laughs> so so then we show up at 12 o'clock at night. And they're oh like, where's God. your reservation? I'm like, I thought you made it. And she's like, I thought you made it. That did not go oh, well. Oh, no. It was the ghosts. The ghosts. The ghost. <laughs> there were the ghosts in the machine. Uh, so that, that nonsense happened. So um sean what is up sir uh yeah so i just figured we could kind of start off with talking about what we've been playing both board games and video games over you know the last like week or two or so see what everyone's been up to yep sounds good i like that all right so i guess i'll start us off so with starting back working at the hospital uh it's kind of limited my time for playing board games as much um i've still been able to play some video games in the evening and everything uh we recently got the htc vive so we uh started playing fallout vr uh fallout 4 vr which is really cool and then in terms of on playstation I have fallen back into my FIFA trap, which involves me wasting numerous hours on a game that has no real value to anyone's life. And then I feel like we, uh, we've we been trying to find a new game, Emily and I, to play. Um, we, we like to play a lot of like story-based games together, um, but recently we've just decided to try and go back through Kingdom Hearts. Um, and so we had started playing the first one and then just decided maybe we should just play the second one. But the nice thing is on the remasters on PS4, they have a theater mode that lets you just watch the cutscenes and it gives you filler information to kind of rush through the game in like four hours or so. So we did that. And then Emily is playing through kingdom hearts two for the first time. Um, I never beat it on PS2, but I remember the ending from when my brother did it, and I I played through the majority of it, but I do not remember the second one as much as the first, so it's like I'm going through it again for the first time, which is kind of nice, because it's like one of those games that holds like way too much nostalgia for me, and I feel is better than it actually is, so it's fun to go back through, though. Was that Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2 that you said was felt was better than it actually is? 
Uh, I just meant the series in general. Um, I I love them and I love Disney and Final Fantasy and like seeing them join together. And as a kid, the music was just like outstanding. And like Emily can tell you, I still like in the car, like sometimes I'll put on the theme song and I'm just like, I can't, I can't mm-hmm. do this. It's too much. Um, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Um, oh. But it's it's been fun to go back to mainly because supposedly Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out this year. Um, and I don't think there's really any chance that it does, but hopefully I'm wrong. I'll believe that when I see it. Yeah, exactly. Don't worry. Kingdom Hearts 3 got uh, delayed again, but we do have Kingdom Hearts 2.9.09472. Right. Thank God. <laughs> but on the bright side, because we got so into this Kingdom Hearts trap, um, we started looking up like videos of the gameplay of three and supposed worlds. And it there's some pretty neat worlds. Like they unveiled Toy Story officially as a world, um, but supposedly they're going to other Pixar movies too, like Frozen or Frozen's not Pixar, but um, Frozen and then Monsters Inc. was in there. Um, and they're mm-hmm. like rumored like some other ones that could be really cool. So it's getting me excited again. And I feel like a child and it's fantastic. I think Star Wars is in there too, isn't it? Yeah, they're rumored to either have like a Star Wars or a Marvel world. Um, and so I don't know, you know, exactly what they're going to do with it. But it'd be fantastic if they get either or both mm-hmm. of those. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd probably jump on that if they had those worlds. I mm-hmm. played the first one, loved it. Uh, never played the other ones. Uh, saw some things about the story afterwards. Got super confused. Kind yeah. of just said, you know what? Uh, I'll leave this one. Oh, <laughs> uh, so two. It holds up a little better. Um, it looks, you know, just a little nicer. I think it was like three years after the first one. Um, they're still on the PS2, but it seems to have, you know, aged a little better. Controls a little better. Um, so it's a little nicer to look at too than the first one. Like Sean said, we haven't really had a lot of time for board games on these past couple of weeks, but a video game that I have been playing is Hitman. <laughs> uh, and it's funny because if you so if you don't know what Hitman is, it's basically you are an assassin trying to take out these individuals and you're trying to do it in a stealthy way. Um, but the I think the main thing about Hitman is there's so many ways that you can take out your targets. Like you can... You can knock people out and dress up as whatever their job is and as a disguise. You can have a variety of weapons. Um, So there's, I mean, just over and over. So I downloaded the, uh, it was some kind of free version where you can get the first world, which is Paris for free. And I thought, that was like a couple months ago. And I thought I had the full version because I have all of the abilities in Paris. So I just forgot and so I beat Paris and then I was ready to go on to the next one. And I realized that I didn't have the full version and I was going to buy it, but we're also trying to like be better about budgeting because as you know, we're trying to like buy a house maybe in the somewhat near future. And so I was like, I'm not going to buy it right now. So I've just been replaying Paris over and over and over again, trying to like find new ways to kill these people. <laughs> Um, and like beat some of the challenges and whatnot. So, I mean, I've probably like played, I don't know, yeah, like 15 hours of just Paris. <laughs> maybe not 15, maybe like 10 to 15 hours of just going through and beating the same people over and over. <laughs> uh, that's like when Jeff and I were really young and we would play the demo of Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Oh 1 my gosh, yes. On PlayStation 1 over and over. It's only that two minute thing with. Uh, Goldfinger's Superman playing over and over again, but we played that for hours because, you know, <laughs> kids can't afford video games. So, right, right. Yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Right? Oh, so good. I think one Christmas Eve, that's all we did. <laughs> sorry, go, sorry, I, just, I had to interject. No, that yeah. Me of that. Go. I mean, that's exactly kind of what's happening. <laughs> and I'm sure I will buy the full version because I mean, that was my thing. I was like, I don't know. I, I bought Shadow of War recently with some Christmas. Um, my dad got me a PSN card. And so I got Shadow of War. I was like, I mean, they're going to get Shadow of War or Battlefront. And for some reason, I decided to get Shadow of War. And it's a good game. I just haven't been into it as much as I did the first one. So I feel like I don't want to do that. I don't want to make that same mistake where I buy a game and then I end up not really playing it as much. So I but I think Hitman now I can say that I'll play it. <laughs> 
because I played so much of the first world. They did have a fun holiday content where you could dress up as like you could find Santa and use him as a disguise. But your targets were Harry and Marv from Home Alone. Oh <laughs> like, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't the same. It wasn't the same people like they had different like it was like Marv and then some nickname. Um, and they didn't really look like them, but I think it was still an allusion to the Home Alone. But the b- bad thing is, is I thought, okay, if I can find Santa and get his disguise, that's going to give me like, I can get past anyone. Like no one's going to try and like hurt Santa. You know, I thought that was going to be the <laughs> ultimate disguise. No, apparently if you get the Santa disguise, everyone wants to get you. So. <laughs> yeah. Cause everyone's on the naughty right. list. So, but yeah, so that's what I've been playing recently. Oh, nice. Nice. I've been uh, playing a video game recently, and it's on Sean's favorite handheld console. Oh, I'm so sorry. The 3DS. Oh. <laughs> get, the, get the hell out of my podcast. You're done. You're done. You've been excommunicated. Get out. I have a little option here that says kick. I'm kicking you off the podcast. No. Out of all seriousness, uh, I'm actually playing the last official Pokemon game on the 3DS. Are you talking about Sun and Moon? Yeah, Ultra Sun. Uh, oh, no, Ultra, Ultra Moon. Sun. Ultra Moon. Okay. So. Oh, how fun! Yeah. I've been wanting to go back and play those. Yeah, it's it's just fun. It they've made a lot of uh, changes to it from the first generation. The uh, uh, Pokemon aren't as uh, innovative as the last. Uh, the first two generations, but I absolutely love the series, even though it's definitely mm-hmm. a kid's game, but I've played it since I was a kid, so nostalgia factor there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that uh, with this one, once you beat the uh, story, you unlock uh, some post-game content, which includes basically every single bad guy team from all the generations is awesome. And mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately, I haven't played it enough to Prepare get that far. Prepare for trouble and make it double. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> next, <laughs> next enemy, Jacob and John. <laughs> Posing as Team Rocket. Like, I can just imagine you, like, squeezing into these tiny Team Rocket I really Rocket want that uniforms. long pink hair wig. And Jacob has to play two parts. Oh, he that... has to play the guy I and me. Both at once. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Those guys in the D&D game somehow. I'm going to put them in there. Yes, please. Oh my gosh, please do. That would be so awesome. And then I can recognize Meowth because I'm a tobacco. Oh God. <laughs> like a whole story there. Oh, um, yeah. But Jeff, I'm with you. I feel like even if, I mean, the Pokemon games are different. You know, every new game, there's something different about it. But I, every new game, I feel like I always have to play it because I just... I grew up on Pokemon and I love it. I feel like Sun and Moon got a lot of mixed reviews because it just is so different, even in the last Pokemon game. But I loved it. I loved the world. I loved the story. I thought it was a lot of fun. Now, did you play just Sun and Moon before you played Ultra Moon? Uh, Yes, I played uh, Sun beforehand and I uh, Mm -hmm. completed the story. I personally didn't like the story as much, but... The beginning was just a yeah. slog. Well, I wanted to ask if it was a lot different than Sun because I haven't played any of the Ultras yet because I was like, uh, if it's like the exact same, I don't really know if I want to. It's like a, uh, basically it's a reboot of it. They uh, fixed the uh, beginning issue, the beginning tutorial issue where it just took you like two hours just to mm-hmm. get to the uh, first thing, but it's the same general uh, storyline from the uh, Sun and Moon. Well, so so the first Pokemon game that I had played in a long time was uh, Moon when it came out. Um, before that, I think the Game Boy Advance and Ruby and Sapphire was the last set that I had played. Oh um, so it had been a while, and I really enjoyed going back to it. And it was it was fun. Like I always liked them growing up and everything, but I felt like in the new one, so this is the first one I've played with like modern technology and using the internet and everything. And so uh, I noticed in the in Moon at least uh, when you can trade Pokemon with people online, 
for whatever reason, everyone always wants uh, Pikachu. And you can get those super early on in the game. And so I kind of feel like I just cheated my way through because I'd get like a Pikachu and then trade it for like a level 50, you know, third level evolution of a set. And I was just like, I don't know why people keep wanting to trade for this. But my whole party was like so overpowered, I felt like. It's a Pikachu-based economy, mm-hmm. and uh, Pikachus are in high demand. Even though there's high supply. So, <laughs> How many Jigglypuffs is a is one Pikachu, I wonder? Cause... Oh, uh, probably like three or four thousand. Three or four I thousand think. Jigglypuffs to one Pikachu? That is that is oh, terrible. Yeah. That is terrible. Yeah, it's not, it's not a great, you know, conversion there. No, this is why we have yeah. to go back to the gold standard. <laughs> it's like Pikachus <laughs> are like Bitcoins, essentially. Yeah, so... <laughs> Yeah. They'll go up with value. They go up with value. They'll hold to their value. Definitely. Yeah, because I understand Bitcoin value just as much as I understand Pikachu value. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. Last night, uh, we played a bunch of games because uh, I had a couple of my friends over for a uh, housewarming. And uh, let's see. What? did we play i'm looking at my wall of games right now it is glorious wow uh, it in, played, uh... <laughs> it actually supports my house it's kind of weird <laughs> Meanwhile, we have our closet that with games just stuffed in there and we're like ah, this isn't the best way to store everything <laughs> it's fine it's fine it's on the way <laughs> okay so the games we played from Renegade Games Studios, we played Lotus, which is uh, kind of a set collection area control game. It's a lot of fun, and uh, I like like it a lot. Potion Explosion, which is probably one of my group's favorite uh, light games. Classic. That's a classic. I feel like we still need to play Potion Explosion. I'm surprised we haven't yet. Yeah, there's a fantastic app for it. If you pay the money, it's it. The app is a really good introduction to the game. Uh, I don't think anyone. I don't have a copy of the game. Uh, maybe I, maybe I should because I know Anita likes it a lot. Uh, anything potiony, she seems to enjoy. So, nerd. <laughs> Next time I see you guys, I'll definitely bring it and we'll play it. Fun, fun, fun. And the last game we played last night was. Uh, one that I've been harping on for the last two or three podcast episodes, I think. Uh, Massive Darkness. Oh, yeah. I love it. Oh, and also Potion Explosion and uh, Massive Darkness are from Simon. Uh, Basically, it's zombie side with a fantasy dungeon crawl theme. And I can't say enough about it. I love it. And... Uh, the group absolutely loves it too. They kind of uh, ask for it a lot, so we play it a lot. That's good stuff. I, I want to try that out with you. Oh, definitely. I want to take it home with me. <laughs> away from me. I want to just take it into my own. <laughs> I, want, I want me to have it and you to not. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I did put a little bit of a heavy investment in it, so you're gonna have to pry <laughs> oh for my cold dead fingers. I'll, I'll, make, I'll make it happen. I'll make it happen. <laughs> so, uh, man dies <laughs> mysteriously in game room. <laughs> One game missing. <laughs> it's going to be me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's pretty much it for me. All right. So here's here's what I've been playing a bit. So like everyone else, it's, it hasn't been a great time for a lot of board gaming at the moment. So there's two games I have. They're, they're kind of big games, and I have not really touched them, but they both have solo aspects to them and i've been learning the rules so i can try and play through them once by them by themselves the first is gloomhaven gloomhaven i think just shot up to number one on the board game geek top 100 list or top lists of of games it dethroned pandemic legacy i believe and everyone's raving about it in the board gaming world and i think it's just now starting to be available uh, at stores i think i think walmart's selling them oh, yeah. i heard i saw an article somewhere i i don't know i have to check that but it's it's massive. Uh, the box is huge. It's heavy, and I put together a uh, a wooden organizer inside of it. So now it's even heavier. <laughs> but at least now it's not going to be a giant mess of stuff. And it's just I got overwhelmed looking at it. It's mm-hmm. I don't understand how anyone actually tackles this game. So I'm sure once I 
get into it. I can understand mm-hmm. it, but I'm going to need to, I'm, I'm going to have to try it by myself first before anyone gets in. Cause otherwise we're going to be sitting there going, okay, what does this do? What, why, how, mm-hmm. when, but if everyone's raving about it, then I know there's going to be something great in there. And I can already mm-hmm. tell the artwork's fantastic. The, the fact that you're building up characters and doing all this stuff, it seems really intriguing. So I can't wait to really get into it, but I need to set time aside mm-hmm. to do it. The other game that's like that is, but not as intensive is I got this for Christmas mansions of madness, ah! second edition. Uh, now this is essentially what this is. If you want to break it down, it's betrayal at house on the hill with a lot more rules with an app that tells the story while you go along and with a Lovecraft theme instead of just straight horror. It's all of those things. So if none of that appeals to you, it's kind of difficult to say how well you'll like the game. Uh, all of those appeal to me. Mm-hmm. So, And the fact that it really integrates the use of an app, you use that to help keep track of attacks on monsters and for that to tell you the story and to select things because it will randomly change what you interact with. So you could, so you could pick like the level one story, the very mm-hmm. first story option available, but the items you start with might be different and the monsters you find might be different. And maybe the setup is slightly different each time and it can play anywhere between one and five people. So it seems like it's going to be uh, interesting to play, but unfortunately I haven't, I almost got Anita to play it last night, but as you know, she's been sick. So mm-hmm. I don't think she was ready to, to put that much effort into it. Now, the thing that I've really been dumping a lot of my time into is, and I know this is crazy considering we had a whole podcast bashing this stuff, is the Nintendo Switch I got for Christmas. Now, Mm -hmm. I was ready to dismiss the Switch outright forever when we talked about it until I saw people at Extra Life playing Mario Odyssey and when I played Mario Kart at your place. Wahoo! Now, Mario Kart is Anita's absolute one of her favorite games of all time, and uh, and she'll kill you if you take Yoshi from her. So I, I'm like, okay, that's one good reason to kind of pick this up. And then I saw Mario Odyssey, and I said, this is really everything I ever wanted. So I have been playing that almost nonstop. I have almost 500 moons. And last night, Anita was playing it. She's beaten the game now. I'm I'm actually I'm very proud of her because this kind of game is very difficult for her. I think she mm-hmm. has a hard time with anything in a 3D environment where you have a separate thing that moves the camera around. But she's still having problems like figuring out how to like you know approach things from certain angles. I'm like adjust the camera, and then she jumps down a pit. So oh no, uh, but 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 she beat the game nice mostly Good without enough. my help. So I'm I'm like super impressed by that. And uh, so she's now playing some of the the, the post game now mm-hmm. because she really enjoys the game too. And uh, and now it's weird because I know there's some people who this game might not be it for them. Like they'll play through it and they're done. You can beat the story in this game. I heard like in an hour. I think oh. the speed mm-hmm. limit we're getting in an hour or two oh, or a couple of hours if you're just playing through. It's all the content you need to really enjoy mm-hmm. the challenge the game offers to keep playing. And that's going to appeal to some people, and that's not going to appeal to others. To mm-hmm. me, it appeals to to Anita right now. It appeals to eventually. I'll probably get tired of it and stop doing it. I know. I know for Sean, for example, he, you're not a completionist, mm-hmm. so but you enjoyed that the game got harder after you. Yeah, beat- the, I I mean I've gone back and played it more than I thought I would after I beat the story, mm-hmm. just because I I really don't care. You know, 95% of the time to ever go back to a game once I beat its story. Um, but this is fun. And I, I mean, really, the whole thing is like, I don't know what else I want to play on the Switch. It's not that there's not games. I just kind of am, you know, indecisive. Um, so I've went back and I mean, I've probably gotten 150 or so moons after I beat the game. Um, I'm in I'm in probably like the upper 300s now, I would guess. I don't remember exactly. Um, but it, it's fun, and I like how the difficulty ramped up. Um, I, I like tried to organize it the way that uh, when I go back through, I'm trying to complete everything in one of the worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I do ever yeah. decide to just finish it, I kind of know where I'm at, um, which is nice because like I've, I've completely finished like all the purple coins and all the moons in like two or three of the worlds now. So. I'm progressing there, but it's, I, I kind of took the easy way out. I went to like the smaller worlds that only have like 50 coins and stuff. So yeah. And I, I was doing the same mm-hmm. thing too. I went to the cloud level that has nine moons tops. Just clear that out. Uh, and I agree with you. I'm, I'm not entirely sure what the switch is going to have after this for me. Mm-hmm. I, 
and and so I use it sometimes portably. I know some people who almost use it entirely portably, mm-hmm. but us. Anita and I have used it almost entirely on the TV screen. Oh, okay, which is how we yeah. enjoy doing it. And like you can just easily easily pop it mm-hmm. out and play it on the couch, but uh, which is which is great about it. But you know, I guess sometimes we just we enjoy having it on the screen. I, I know that. Uh, oh, what game's coming out? That's the, the Pokemon game's coming out. That should be interesting. Yeah, who knows when that eventually comes out? But it should be a good one. Yeah, and I think there's a Metroid Prime they're talking yep. about. Mm-hmm. And I, I do enjoy Metroid Prime, but I need to see uh, what's coming out that will keep me invested in this. There is something big that I know Emily's going to talk about, and uh, we'll talk about that when we get to there. So I think that's it for things I've been playing recently. Cool. Yeah. Well, and this is a great segue. So my topic, um, as you were just talking about, Switch does have something coming out pretty soon that is new and innovative, and that is the Nintendo Labo kits. <laughs> um, so if you're not familiar, it's basically, if you're familiar with Google Cardboard, how that has been a tool for VR, it has a similar kind of appeal to it. You basically, I'm going to read what it says off the website. It says... Nintendo Labo combines the magic of Nintendo Switch with the fun of do-it-yourself creations. Start with a piece of cardboard, build a 13-key piano, a fishing pole, even a motorbike. Add your Nintendo Switch console to power it up, and hold a recital, catch a fish, win a race. With Nintendo Labo, building is just as fun as playing. Have fun discovering how it all works. You might even invent new ways to play with each toy con creation. What will you create? So wait, it's basically. Wait, wait, wait. Did they call it a toy con? Yes. Oh. oh what? <laughs> What's wrong with toy con? It's just more of Nintendo's, you know, their weird naming of things. They have the Joy Con controllers, so these now become the toy con. Toy con. Well, I mean, it's literally called Labo. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I should have, I should have stopped right there. You're right. Um, but. <laughs> So you get these cardboard and it looks like you can, this is what I'm a little confused about. So it gives you instructions how to build these specific things like the motorbike, the, um, the piano. Um, they also have another kit that lets you build like a backpack robot thing. But then it says when you can create new toy cons and bring them to life. I'm just like, how? Because if it gives you the specific cardboards that are shaped and, built designed to build certain things like how can you use them to build other things you voltron them to have a fishing rod race car backpack (laughs) probably yeah that's that's everything you ever wanted that's amazing yeah (laughs) the amount of times i've been riding a motorbike thought i really wish i was fishing right now it's just through the roof um so a lot of people are kind of raving that you know this is like this is classic Nintendo doing something completely different than the other consoles out there and just being, you know, inspiring, you know, kids to create and use their imaginations. And, you know, it kind of brings in that techie design. Um, it also looks neat. Like it says for when you're building it, you know, explore how the mechanics work as you build. So it kind of has that teaching component to it, kind of getting started kids interested in that sort of thing so i just wanted to see what you guys were thinking as this just reveals please let me jump in on this <laughs> please let me jump in on this all right so okay as as a uh i, I when i saw this it's got a really great trailer so mm-hmm. i recommend if anybody hasn't seen it yet the reveal trailer for this is very impressive and the first thing they do is open up and show someone creating a little piano mm-hmm. that, that I immediately was i was like yes I'm getting it for the piano. (laughs) Everyone, everyone on Reddit um, where I saw this stuff in the comments and gaming at at our gaming, they thought this was the coolest thing. They were raving that Nintendo's done it again. And this is like the coolest thing. This is the dumbest thing I have (sighs) ever seen in my life. Let me tell you something. I I, I don't have a problem with the fact that they're essentially selling you cardboard, which is fine. I mean, for God's sakes, I play magic and board games like, cardboard's expensive and i get that it's it's not even the fact that like uh the stuff they're sending you is like how are you supposed to make your own stuff they send very specific instructions and it clearly uses the sensors in some way i don't know um there's clever people out there who figure that stuff out the point is is i remember the wii i'm not that 
young or old to not remember the Wii and all the peripheral crap that came with it. The stuff that was supposed to blow mm-hmm. this light sensor wide open, the little guns, the steering wheels, the, the tchotchkes, the fishing poles. That's what this is. This is just a more advanced version of that. You're just mm-hmm. selling more accessories. Mm-hmm. Useless accessories that, first of all, a, a lot of people raving about this are like people like me in their 30s. And I'm looking and I'm like, some of the stuff here is not going to fit your 30-year-old body. You understand that, mm-hmm. right? That, mm-hmm. that little jetpack thing, like that's not going to fit on my back. That's for kids. And kids might get a kick out of this. But that's the <laughs> thing. This is the first time I've seen something that Nintendo had offered to kids that I don't think translates well to adults. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. it's made for people like us who are talking right now on the podcast. Those but, are the people who are f- but I do think that if you do have kids as an adult, it might be like a fun way to kind of talk to them a little bit about like as they're building and you can kind of talk about, okay, like, why do you think this almost is happening? Like, or- I, I agree. I see it could be like almost something like a model car kit. Like, you know how mm-hmm. parents in the old days were like, oh, let's assemble this. Well, okay, well, let me help you build this together and then I can watch you play with it or something. Just something to kind of get the parent involved as well. And and to Jacob's point, I, I really don't think they care about people in their 30s right now with this mm-hmm. reveal. And so in, in my kind of gaming sphere that I've been in and on my Twitter specifically – everyone hates this um so i'm in a completely different camp i guess um i don't have any problem with it a lot of people were complaining about the price and everything and i'm kind of like okay yes it's cardboard but there's also software that goes with it the price doesn't seem that out of Mm -hmm. the normal um i agree and then two no i don't care about this in any way but i also know it wasn't directed for me and at the same point, I think, okay, when I was a kid, would I have totally wanted something that I could build and bother my parents with? 100%. I think the biggest thing is, are they going to offer cardboard replacements for when clumsy little kids step on them and break them you oh, know, a day Or get them wet? Oh, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. that's the thing with Google Cardboard, which is starting to make its way, um, especially in the education world, you know, as being like a um, – cheap access to VR for students. Uh, those are only like a dollar, two dollars, three dollars, you know, five dollars tops. So it's not that big deal if you have to replace it. But this being eighty or seventy dollars, you're right, that replacing that would be because cardboard is not, you know, <laughs> gonna be able to withstand a lot. So that's true. Jeff, what do you think about this? I think this is actually kind of interesting. Again, the price is really prohibitive. But it's basically it's going off of the uh, uh, DIY trend of the uh, build the building trend. Uh, I remember uh, going to the Maker Fair earlier uh, in 2017 with uh, my brother-in-law, and uh, there were a whole bunch of things that you could do. They had like small DIY uh, robot kits and hey, build your first computer and things like that. And it's just like, okay, this can, this can be interesting. Uh, just like them building new, uh, uh, getting kids involved with building and programming and things of that nature there. So I really think it's a good thing. But uh, again, pricing. Ugh. I kind of just wish it wasn't cardboard. Like I think it, like this reminds me of Lego Mindstorm. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. So it sounds familiar. When I was a kid, my dad, so my dad's super into computers and programming and that sort of thing. And so he got me Lego Mindstorm, which was basically you build things with Legos, but then you use software. And I can't remember like what the software, I don't know if it was on computer. I, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was on computer. And it, you basically could build like robots or other kind of mechanical things. And then you can use your computer to do stuff with it. And it was so neat and so just like, out there but because it was lego you know it could withstand a little bit more than like cardboard um i feel like it was about the same price but this was several several years ago um so so i I like it in that sense that it you know fosters some creativity and fosters like making instead of just looking at a screen and just like doing it you know having some kind of kinesthetic component to it but 
like we said earlier, I don't, I don't really know how you can create your own things. Obviously you can. I mean, that's what they're marketing, but I just don't get it. So maybe, you know, we'll have to have a play test. <laughs> we'll all begin <laughs> and have a play test and see. But I do think you're right that it's not necessarily an adult driven, you know, game. Then why should I care? I call the drip pick. <laughs> yeah, that that is like the coolest one. Although I am seeing like on the homepage, they have a little elephant you can make. And I'm like... Literally the only it. thing that I thought was interesting <laughs> was the piano, but I, yeah, I, I, I agree because I think that's the only thing like at my age where I'd be like, oh, that's neat to play with. They kind of remind me of the Connects from back in the day. I was oh, a huge yeah. Connects oh, guy. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You make a little like scorpions that would walk mm-hmm. with the motors and mm-hmm. you know, the big mm-hmm. put that motor on thing. literally anything and make it move. Yeah. It was great. That was really cool. I never actually did that. <laughs> Jeff, get out of this podcast. <laughs> That's strike two. That's strike two. Time. One more. I, sw- I swear to God, Jeff, one more time. One more time. Bam, straight to the moon. You're hanging by a thread, buddy. A thread. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emily, but I'm going to be stealing your topic here. That, yes, please do. So, Emma brought up a topic saying that, uh, kind of speaking about first times, uh, about, uh, Games that you would play first with a mixed group of people, whether it's a couple of uh, new people and a couple of uh, experienced people. Primarily, I'm going to take this from the board gaming standpoint because that's kind of my shtick. Generally, when uh, playing board games, if there's a group of mixed people, I'll probably, I'd probably go more towards party games. Uh, mm-hmm. To start off with, just kind of, just to kind of act as a uh, icebreaker. So things mm-hmm. like uh, uh, one night ultimate werewolf, werewords, things like that. That would. Be- oh my gosh, I love werewords. I cannot stop thinking about werewords since we played it at, at, at um, Extra Life. I love it. Yeah, sorry, I, I need to interrupt here too. I played that with a bunch of people over New Year's weekend in DC, and they all loved it. It was a lot of fun. Oh, I played it with. Uh, uh, who the hell did I play with? Uh, <laughs> uh, the the normal crew from uh, uh, Christmas Eve. So, and they really actually they actually really enjoyed it. Jeff, when, when when Christmas Eve happens and I'm not there, it doesn't happen. I'm sorry. All right, so that never <laughs> no. happened. I'm sorry. You can't enjoy yourself. That's how it works. If the okay. party doesn't start till Jacob walks in. <laughs> now this party gets started, but I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, with the uh, generally with uh, a group of people, I'll either go for party games or a lighter fare like uh, like that game uh, Lotus that I mentioned earlier or Potion Explosion because I know that they're kind of uh, they're kind of universal themes like okay everyone well most everyone looks likes looking at flowers because. Mm-hmm. They're interesting. They smell good. They are pretty. But but also, like in Potion Explosion, most everybody has played at least one match three game. So it's uh, something that can you can very easily jump into. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to really worry about the theme. Mm-hmm. You can just worry about, okay, I'm going to do this and get all these, all these and things. And then, ah, cool. I got points. Nice. Mm-hmm. There are just uh, so many uh, beginner-style games that can offer a lot of strategy to uh, uh, experienced gamers. None that I can think of right now, but they're <laughs> <laughs> out there off the top of my head. But but they are out there, like things like. Ethnos. Oh, ethnos uh, is so good. I wouldn't use Ethnos as a beginner game yeah, for the first time, though. But it's a really good game. <laughs> I will fight you all. We need to get Ethnos. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to make a list. Like, I forget about these games. and then. But yeah, uh, bring up Ethnos or like, I'd say that it's a step up from like Ticket to Ride. Mm-hmm. That'd be a fair assessment, right? It Jacob? is a step up, but I think Ticket to Ride is a great like beginner game. That's, mm-hmm. the, that's actually the first one I would jump on when you want to introduce someone to board gaming mm-hmm. myself. Uh, it's Ticket to Ride is the first kind of game you play where it's like, look, these can be simple and different and fun and better than like Monopoly or Battleship. Right. If you really want to blow people's mind and start them from the ground level, something like Munchkin 
or Catan could work because mm-hmm. Catan. Mm-hmm. Jeff, um, oh, Jeff bringing Catan over to my house all those years ago and having us play it was what kind of opened my eyes to what mm-hmm. board games could be. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a lot much better games Same. out there than Catan these days than they were back then, but like that, or Pandemic. Pandemic's a great intro game, too. Or if you want to go a step lower, oh, yeah. uh, Forbidden Island or Forbidden Desert, which are just like pandemic light. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are those are some some uh, suggestions, I would think. Yeah. Well, so what we were so um, we had kind of a little game night last night with one of my coworkers, Lycan, and her boyfriend Andrew. Which shout out Down to Andrew, he is one of our loyal podcast listeners. He listens to all our podcasts. Ooh, so we have a fan. It. We do, we do. So yay, go Andrew. We're famous. Um. So. He, this was, it was an interesting, we were trying to set up this game night. It was the first time meeting him and we were like, okay, we know that he likes board games. Like he likes Catan. He's played Betrayal on the House on the Hill. Like he's, and he's played, he hasn't played Legendary, but he said he played like a D, the DC version. Which is, which is nothing like Legendary. <laughs> well, he saw our Legendary box and then he thought that was the DC one. And I was like, no. Um, and he's played a couple other ones, but Lakin, she's played, I think, a couple of games with him, but she hasn't played like as much and she's not as, um, I wouldn't say she's not as into it, but she just hasn't had, you know, she's not like foaming out of the mouth to play a new game, kind of like <laughs> the rest of us are. Um, so we were trying to think of, okay, we know that we want to get into kind of a more serious game later in the night, but to kind of start off, we were trying to think what's a good like start game. So we ended up going with code names. Um, because we try to find a game. Cause I feel like that first game, especially when it's with new people, it's like, you want to kind of, like Jeff said, break the ice, kind of make everyone feel comfortable with one another Absolutely. before you, you know, start going at each other's throats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not that I do that ever. Um, no, yeah, no, not that. Another um, lies. Go on. <laughs> so, so we ended up playing code names, and it was just hilarious because, of course, Lake. So Lakin and I were a team, and then Sean and Andrew were a team, and it was like Lakin and I's cards for both of us when we were the clue givers were like so not related at all. Like it was my, it was the first time that I've played where it's like I really have no idea. And I, I was saying like this, that was playing the dumbest clues. I was, at one point I said like around two and there was like no way anyone could figure out what I was trying to say so that was a lot of fun like we had a lot of laughs everyone kind of got comfortable and then we just threw in clink and we were good to go oh yeah that's great that's a great intro game right mm-hmm. now. it's accessible mm-hmm. it's it's cutthroat without being overly mean mm-hmm. it's it's got a little bit of luck and a little bit of skill and challenge it's yes. um it's got it's got all this great that's a that's like a solid game in general but that's it a fantastic is. choice yeah i think they really enjoyed it um andrew has played a lot of magic he plays a lot of magic and um whatnot so and i think he liked the kind of deck building aspect to it and the theme i think is accessible enough they kept thinking that we were gonna play it was like a robot game and i was like yeah you would think that <laughs> There are robots, like one or two. Yeah. Oh, and guess what? I did get the cat card, Mr. Whiskers. Of course. Just saying. Just want to throw that out there. I almost broke 100 points for the first time. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, we were in there for a while. No one tried to, like, escape pretty quickly. So we were able to each get a bunch of stuff. Wow, nice. After that, did you break out Twilight Imperium? Oh, no. Yeah, with the next step, like, Scythe. I know. Believe me. Um, we stopped after that because we started kind of late. So, um, but I think they're definitely going to want to get into it. And next time they come, Jacob, I'm thinking that, you know, if you, like, we should all get together and let you really kind of take the reins. Oh, burst it open. Cause yes. I will. You <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> my wall of games. And I'm like, yes. And Anita's, uh, well, I don't know. These aren't Anita's like, they're not her, her direct coworkers, but they're pharmacists. And they, uh, they come to our trivia night every single almost every single weekend and they do really well and there's like a bunch of them but there's a couple that i've kind of gotten to know pretty well mm-hmm. and they came to me one time because i was i was told one of them once that i was into board games we were at um one of their co-workers and his co-workers like one year old's birthday and they're like oh what do you do i'm like oh i do this thing with with like gaming and stuff they're like oh like what and so we kind of chatted up and so they came to me and they were like have you heard of this game like called like <laughs> betrayal at haunted house and i'm like you mean Betrayal at House on the Hill? I think I've heard of that. Why? And, um, you're looking and at so, Heather right now. <laughs> and my buddy is Ox, Ox Bella. Bella. <laughs> you're such a pig. 
Oh, which, by the way, uh, a quick aside, I forgot to say this. Jeff got me a gift card to Cool Stuff, Inc. for Christmas, Aww. and I used that to get I, I used that to get yeah, the, um, the Betrayal at House on the – no, Betrayal at Baldur's Gate, the D&D version. Oh, nice. So um, – because I actually don't own Betrayal at House on the Hill. In fact, I've bought that for almost every one of my friends who don't already have it. You uh-huh. have it. Caitlin has mm-hmm. it. Friends in DC have it. I think I bought it for them. Uh, Jeff has a Jeff, do you still have your copy? Yes, I do. Yeah, everyone's got a copy, but I didn't, and I figured I never needed to because everyone else had one. <laughs> so, like, this works out really well. Now I have the D&D one, so, uh, which fits in well. And, uh, and and so they asked about Betrayal House on the Hill, and have you heard of this game? It's like with a werewolf at night. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, um... oh, really? <laughs> so I told them at some point, like, the, yeah. then, they, then they asked about Cardboard Castle games, and they said they were going to stop by there. I'm like, you know what? One weekend, I'll come and I'll show you a bunch of stuff. So we've got all these people around here who are all learning about the wonders yes. of, of board games and the horrors therein. <laughs> so <laughs> that's fantastic. You know, I just had an idea that I think we need to make happen. Mm-hmm. We need to do like a like live playthrough of Betrayal and House on the Hill with Ox Bellows and Heather. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, we do. Like, we need to make we, this We need to do <laughs> that when I'm there. When I'm there, we have to do that. We also need to like make sure we have good recording equipment because every time we mm-hmm. try to record stuff, mm-hmm. it, it ends up like a mess and mm-hmm. we can talk about that in a bit. But yeah, <laughs> that's a great idea. I, you know, and if, and if you really want, I could reprise my role as Crystar in the form of Professor Longfellow. I had so. never, <laughs> never wanted you to revise that role. <laughs> I have never. And the worst part is you apply that voice to a lot of characters. I do. That's, that's like my only voice. Crystar. I'm like, ha, 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 please stop. But I don't know why I laughed beforehand because I'm not enjoying any of it. <laughs> Emily being Crystar as portrayed by Will Wheaton is <laughs> definitely an interesting topic. Even the people playing with Will Wheaton were like, oh, my God, please stop. <laughs> But uh, your your take on Crystar is pretty fantastic. And uh, what was that? What was Professor Longfellow's uh, qu- quote for you? It was was oh, it gosh. if you if you know what I mean? Yes, it was and, so creepy. And we never, and we never did. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. If, if, you, know know I mean. if, if you know what I mean, if you know what I mean, and which response? No, is, no shut up. <laughs> uh, sticking to the topic of uh, good beginner games. Have any of you guys ever played uh, Magic Maze? I've heard of it. No, you brought it up as a good topic for Extra Life, though. It's a uh, cooperative game, but it takes the elf gamer problem where someone goes and says, oh, you do this, you do this, oh, you trade me this, and then it it might as well be someone playing by themselves. But uh, with Magic Maze, it's a real-time game, and... You can't talk during it. There are, oh. there are certain sections you can talk and strategize in, but it eats up your time. Basically, the theme is, is that you are a group of failed adventurers who lost all their equipment. So <laughs> you go to the mall because, of course. <laughs> oh, As God. you do. The horror, the horror. So they go to the mall to... Uh, steal uh, the equipment that they need, but the fun- are teenagers like the mini bosses like that you have to fight you have to fight off the teenagers as you're in the mall. And you go to Pretzel Time or 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 the uh, Pretzel Place to get uh, mm-hmm. boost your health up. No, mm-hmm. Wetzel's Pretzels. Wetzel's. <laughs> gonna get twisted with my boys at Wetzel's. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the trick is that you're not in charge of a character. You're in charge of a direction of movement. Is this hmm. like Twitch plays Pokemon? Uh, oh my god! <laughs> basically, yes. Where everyone's just like typing in like uh, B A B B left left like, right B B. You know, I, I, yes. I'm, I'm really intrigued by um, real time. What is it? What is it? Real time? Yeah, it's real a real time game. I've I've heard a couple of different real time games, and I don't think we've ever played one. But it, the concept seems interesting. Like it's all happening at the same like right then i would be willing to give that a shot i don't have any particular myself because that's never been my favorite of anything like if i'm playing a video game i don't like i don't want real-time stuff Mm -hmm. i I, because there's so much to think about Mm -hmm. and do and then with board games it's like if you're if you're slow to think or act then you kind of get left behind in some cases 
mm-hmm. but not always. I mean, it depends on the on how complex the right. game is. Yeah, you were really stretching when we played uh, Fuse. <laughs> Fuse was like Fuse was that's a great game, but uh, but yeah, it was like everyone could put everything at once, and I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, why? <laughs> no, yeah. Is it is it my turn? There are no turns. <laughs> Just grunting the whole time. <laughs> Jake is like under the table in the fetal position. I'm like, I'm like eating the dice. It's like, <laughs> do we win? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> so great. Let's do it right now. <laughs> Let's go yes. back. One more. <laughs> yeah, they're just a, they're just so many games that you can play just to uh, start off the evening, get a little appetizer, a mm-hmm. uh, before the cocktail full hour, course. Before, before the full course, beating each other senseless. Yes. Oh, there's another one. I'm sorry. Rhino Hero or Super Rhino. Yes. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah. I, I was. Hands I down. was literally thinking about Rhino Hero last night. I was like, "This is such a fun game." <laughs> if you played with the card, like the special powers, you can do that definitely. But it's just the. Uh, it's just fun, just trying to see how high you can get it mm-hmm. before it falls down. It's uh, for those of you who do not know, Rhino Hero is a. Uh, game in the same vein as uh, Jenga. Jenga! But instead of having to uh, stack blocks, you're stacking cards. What? Uh, Huh? How does it work? I'm confused. So basically you have to, you have two different types of cards. You have floor cards and you have uh, uh, wall cards. Sorry, I blanked there for a second. and <laughs> Jeff, goodbye. <laughs> but basically, you're stacking and making a a big apartment complex that uh, the superhero Rhino is trying to climb up, and it's it's dumb. It's fun. I love that it's a Rhino. Like you know, when you're thinking of animals that are like have a lot of dexterity, that you know. Maybe like a cat, like climbing up all these walls. No, a no, rhino. A rhino. <laughs> Giant rhino. Oh, the uh, the updated one, uh, Rhino Hero Super Battle. It has multiple superheroes in it. It even has a giraffe. <laughs> when I think of dexterous, I think of giraffes. <laughs> Have you ever seen a giraffe try and drink? It is the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. <laughs> if you if you want if you want proof of the existence of no god, just look at a giraffe. Oh my god. Oh no! I'm sorry. It's like, anyways, you need you need water to drink, but you know what? I'm gonna need you to splay your legs out as far as possible and dip your three story head down into a puddle of water, and then somehow drink it. Done, done. You know, maybe Wolfie. Wolfie, maybe he has some part giraffe because of his long legs. Oh my god! Yeah, Wolfie does have giraffe legs, doesn't he? Our dog is a. (laughs) Next time, watch when he gets some water. See if he splays his legs. So I know you guys got to go do some pet stuff soon. Some puppy training. I think he's going to learn today. Today. Oh, he's going he's gonna to learn how to stay? No, I think gonna. so. We'll see how well that goes. I've, I've, met, I've met Axel. He doesn't know how to stay. <laughs> Unless the staying is on your chest as you lay yeah. down, mm-hmm. licking your mm-hmm. face. He doesn't stay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Accurate. So, guys, thanks so much for joining me today. Uh, this was some really good topics we talked about. Uh, I, I'm glad that we that we spent some quality time together, and we're glad that you, our listener, our listener Andrew, Andrew, have enjoyed listening as well. Uh, if you would also like to get a call out, email us. Let us know uh, what you want to hear us talk about, what you'd like to talk about. If you have any questions or uh, who's topic your favorite, ideas. you know, who's your favorite and why the, is it me? Me. <laughs> oh. me. Um. And Jeff, you're not even on the podcast anymore. We kicked you out. <laughs> you're done. You're done. Oh, well, now you're crying now, too. Oh, man. Okay, there's no crying on podcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much. You all are fantastic. Uh, wow, I'm so good at outros, you guys. I'm oh, so good at this. this thank you all for listening. This is the outro music. This is the outro. Once again, uh, I'm Jacob. I'm Jeff. I'm Emily. And I'm Sean. <laughs> I was wondering where Sean was. He just appeared after like. By the way, I'm Sean. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, see you later. Bye. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.